Thanks for tuning in to Mountain View Fellowship's weekly podcast with lead pastor Don Headley. At MVF, our mandate is pointing people to Jesus by fostering relationships. We know Jesus cared for people and placed a lot of emphasis on relationships. So we do too. We believe that we're created for relationship with God and that He gave each one of us a desire to belong. If you'd like more information about MVF, connect with us at mvfcolorado.com. Now, stay tuned for this week's message. We're talking about home for Christmas, and if you missed last week, I want to let you know that uh, this whole series has been about this idea that these great great, um, Christmas traditions that we have, how they were set in our hearts from eternity, and they uh, create within us this desire for certain things during the holiday season. Many times they're misguided, and we need, to, we need to recognize that. We need to focus them on where they need to be focused, and that's kind of what this whole series is about. And if you missed last week, we were talking about this idea of home for Christmas, and hopefully uh, you got the idea last week that we learned that this world is not our home. That if you are in Christ, then heaven is actually your home. And what that did is that hopefully changed your approach to life, that you should live your entire life with eternity in mind, which changes a lot of things about how we live our daily lives. And so today, I want to talk to you about the heart's longing for home. Because I believe there's something that God has placed within us as his image bears, which draws us back to himself. Um, I, I love this time of the year. I think this is one of those times of the year that uh, it really does. It brings out all the stuff in us. And, and sometimes we don't know why, but it's this idea of celebrating the birth of Christ. I, I love everything about Christmas. Driving around, looking at Christmas lights, the music, the carols, the tradi- traditions. I love the cold weather. I love making the fire. I like the family gathering around. I love the food. I love the food. Uh, cookies, eggnog, wassail, all the comfort foods. Oh, how I love the food. But I have to tell you, of all the things I love about this season, being home for Christmas, I think, is the thing that captures my soul more than anything else. It's an anticipation. It's this excitement, this buildup of being home for Christmas. And I absolutely adore being with my people on Christmas. I really do. And I don't mean just my blood family. But uh, I mean, even um, our spiritual family. What Christmas gift did you long for the most, especially when you're growing up? Uh, it was like a PlayStation or maybe a Jolly Jalopy or a Tickle Me Elmo or a Cabbage Patch. I mean, what was it for you, right? What was the, the gift that you longed for the most? Um, I, I was laughing here recently because, of course, um, we, we've got three grandgirls now and the two older ones. They were over at the house the other day, and Angie had a toy catalog. And uh, we, we sat down. I don't know how it happened. It was just pretty amazing. But I ended up in the rocking chair and both of the older girls sitting on my lap with that toy catalog open. And uh, their new aunt, Sierra, decided to give them pens and markers. And they were sitting there going through page by page, letting me know what their heart longed for. And they were circling all these different items. And I was just laughing at the conversation because the older one would say, well, we don't really need that. And the younger one would say, no, I want that one. Circle that one. And so they would circle it. And and then there were uh, multiple pages where they would go, "Uh, pretty much anything on this page is okay with me. And so we ended up going through that entire catalog. And it's just everything's marked up. And and so what was the gift that you most longed for as a a child? And and let me me just kind of bring this to our our, our real life right now. What's your deepest longing? Like even as an adult, right? 
You might be uh, up there in years. We won't say ages, but you might be up there in years. What's the deepest longing of your heart? Uh, What's your deepest desire in this life? What's the deepest desire uh, of the human heart today? And this word longing is kind of an odd word, isn't it? We hear it in poetry. You don't hear it in casual conversation very often, and yet it carries with it a meaning that we instantly get. Like we understand when somebody says they long for something or we have a longing, we know exactly what that means. And that's more than just a I want or I hope. That's a longing. There's something about uh, just life in that word. It comes from the German word. It's, it's rooted in this, to reach or to extend. Looking for something is, I'm sorry, longing for something is really this desire to, um, I don't know, to find the root, the cause, reaching out, extending. It's, it's uh, this desire that's so deep and so strong, sometimes it almost pulls out of you. It becomes something in and of itself. Now, um, like Evangeline and Juliet sitting down with me in the toy catalog, you know, they're longing for those things, and, and they're pulled towards those things that their heart longs for. But uh, while their unashamed desire for those toys can be innocent and cute, Uh, When it comes to real life, especially as adults, the world's full of longings that are no longer cute, right? There's those longings that we have in our life that really aren't innocent anymore. What do you long for? What is the desire of your heart that pulls you up and out of yourself? And there may be things that you don't want to admit to anybody else, or not even admit really to yourself, right? Or, Or maybe they're admirable. You know, maybe your desire, your longing this Christmas season is for peace in your family or for a loved one to be healed. Or maybe it is more self-serving. Maybe it's just, hey, I just want to be rich. I just want wealth. I just want power. I want that title. I want people to think a certain way about me. See, the human longing actually runs the gamut between heaven and hell. It's all over the place. And the reason why this is so important, get this, is because our lives are defined by these longings. The soul is revealed by what we long for. And as Christians, if you say that you are a follower of Jesus Christ, what you long for should be different than the rest of the world. Psalm 84 says it this way, I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. With my whole being, my body and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. See, for Christians, we know it's a a longing for Christ, to be in his presence, to to have a relationship with him, to be in his will, to walk daily with our God. That's the longing of the heart. Uh, And I'm talking today about the the heart's longing for home. And when I say home, we learned last week that home is really in the presence of God. That's home for us. Do you long for that? Do you long to be in the presence of God? Because Jesus came so that you could be with him so that you could have a relationship with him, so that you could be with God to be at home this Christmas. Even the angel's message to Joseph in Matthew chapter 1 spells this out. The angel said, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, say it with me, God is with us. To be in God's presence, to to have him as a part of our lives, to to enjoy that relationship. There's a longing in our heart that desires that. And that's what Christmas is about, Emmanuel. Christmas is God with us. God came so that he could be with us. Here's my question. Do you long to be with him? 
We celebrate it at Christmas, but many times we don't stop and, and reciprocate. We don't think about it the other direction. Do we long to be with Jesus? We, we've come to know that only Jesus can satisfy the deepest longings of our hearts. I like the way Psalm 42 puts it. It says, as the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. And I know you know this already, but I'm going to point it out anyway. Can a deer survive without water? No. It's, it's survival. I, need, I have to have this. Would you say that about your relationship with Christ? Like, I can't make it another day without, without being with God, without having him a part of my life, without communing with him, without my fellowship with Jesus. Can you say that? Or is it just something that we just add on to our lives? See, it shouldn't be an add-on. It should be the focal point of our lives. Everything that we do, everything that we say should be about this idea of longing to be with Jesus. Longing to have him a part of our lives. The world and all of its charms and all of its attractions may dazzle us briefly, but if we're honest with ourselves, we know that our hearts can only be satisfied in Christ. That longing can only be satisfied by the one who came all those years ago, born in a manger. And in Scripture, we often read about this deep longing. And the expression that's used in Scripture a lot of the time is the expression hunger and thirst. Hunger and thirst for God. And what's interesting is, is if we're honest, if you're like me, you, you know that, right? You know hunger and thirst, but we really don't know that. Not many of us in here are really hungered or really thirsty. And, and this, some of the blessing, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to put a guilt trip on you. I thank God for that blessing that I was raised in America where I didn't have to worry about this. Now, when I was a preteen, I remember um, thinking I was going to starve to death. You know, I remember one time we were at an event and telling my mom, like, I, I'm going to die if I don't get something to eat, right? I was like 11, 12, and, and I thought if I didn't get a pizza in an hour, I was just going to kill over and die. And, and in reality, uh, looking back on it, I realized that's just the stage uh, of life I was in as a, as a preteen boy. Like, I ate everything that was slow enough for me to catch. Um, <laughs> I wasn't going to starve to death, and yet when I got older and I started traveling the world and I went on missions trips, I actually got to see this hunger and thirst in real life. And what I learned is I, I don't know this. And so we have trouble with that in Scripture because we really don't understand it. But, but when you really hunger and you thirst, there is nothing else on your mind because it is about survival. It is about survival. You have to have it. And do we hunger and thirst for Jesus, when you hunger and thirst, everything in your being just wants to eat and it just wants to drink. I think that's why fasting is one of the most intense spiritual exercises that, that we can utilize because it causes every cell within your body to focus on one thing, whatever it is that you choose to fast for. It's an amazing spiritual discipline to exercise. But we don't know really what hunger and thirst is. And to hunger and thirst... Uh, when we take a look at it, um, it, it should cause us to make that a focus point in our life, to, to pursue that with everything within us, where nothing else matters until we achieve that one thing, that presence of God in our lives. Hunger and thirst is, is the image of God, which gives us this it paints this picture of just thirsting and hunger, um, this hung, being hungry for his word, of just really pursuing him with everything that we have. Do you hunger and thirst for the Lord? Do you read that in scripture and go, oh yeah, 
And yet it really doesn't matter. Like, you know, if I, if I sit down and I spend some time with God today, great. If I don't, it's not a big deal. I'll catch him tomorrow. See, that's not hunger and thirst. Do, do you feed your soul with his word? Do you quench your thirst in prayer? Do, do you drink the praises and admiration of others when what your heart really, really needs is, is that living water that God offers? Do we, do we just eat the junk food that the world has to offer? Or do we really hunger and thirst for God? Uh, I used this example many years ago, and um, as I was getting ready for this message, I went back to it because I, I, I don't know if I can think of a better one that describes what's happening when we talk about hunger and thirst. So it talk about our longing, being satisfied in God. But yet, there was this young guy by the name of Chris, and um, when he was in college, uh, he was going into ministry, and he wanted to do a missions trip, and so he signed up, and he went on a, a missions trip. He did some mission work with Mother Teresa in Calcutta, and it was at a place called the House of the Dead, which... If you don't know what that is, just do some research on it. Uh, Mother Teresa had an amazing heart vision, did some amazing work for people that uh, other people had just walked away from. And the House of the Dying was not a, it wasn't a hospital. It wasn't a place where you could go and get well. It was just the opposite, actually. All she was trying to do, there were so many people dying of different diseases on the streets, she just wanted to give them a place to die in dignity. That's all the House of Dying was. And Chris, in his internship, went there, and he began to work. And all his job was was to go up and down the streets and find people who were close to death and invite them to come into the house. That was his job. And when he would find somebody who was willing to come into the house, he, he would help them get to the house, and they would, uh, they would arrive. They would shave their head. He would help give them a shower. They would, they would take their dirty clothes from them, try to give them something clean. They, they would place a warm food in front of them, give them a meal, just try to help them die of dignity. The problem was 75% of, or 70% of all the homeless people that were dying on the streets were dying of a disease called tuberculosis, and it was just, they're coughing up their lungs, just coughing up everything, until you get to a place where you can't even breathe, you can't take oxygen anymore, and you would eventually die this horrible, excruciating death. And in, in the house of dying, they, they would lay them all out, and, and as they're dealing with this disease and coughing, they, they would pass these jars around, and they would just cough whatever into those jars. And I don't need to be graphic here this morning, but you can get the picture, right? And they would pass those jars around until they were full, and those jars would go into the trash. Uh, another disease that was running rampant during that time was leprosy. And he said they would have people come in that, that were just falling apart, rotting flesh, and they would lose toes and fingers and noses and things like that. And all this stuff, they were just taking their clothes from them and, and trying to throw it in the trash. All this stuff was going in the trash. And, and the problem with uh, leprosy is it creates these pus-filled sores all over your body. It's very excruciating. And he said, what we would do is try to help them die with dignity. We would try to pull some of that pain, some of that poison out of their body. And so we would use these syringes and we'd go in and pull as much pus out as we could to extract that, that poisonous disease out of their body. He said it was a horrible job. And because they didn't have a whole lot of money, they would use the syringe until it was so dull they couldn't even pierce skin anymore, and all of that would go into the trash. And so um, one of the things that he said, he said, look, I, I could do all of that. I could help bathe them. I could feed them. I could, I could pull them off the street. I, I, I could take care of the clothes. I could do it. He said, the one job that I begged them not to ask me to do was take out the garbage. And you can imagine the stench and the, the disease and the rotten clothes and just the, the, the stuff in that garbage. And he said the first time he, he took out the garbage, it haunted him forever. He said, I, I could do anything but just take out the garbage. And, and he explained why. He 
He says, because the first time they took the garbage out, he says, we're, we're taking all the garbage out the back door. We're headed down to the dump with the garbage. He said, all the kids came out of the alleyway and they tore into the garbage looking for food. And he said it killed him. He started screaming and yelling at him, don't, get away from it. Don't get into the garbage. It's, it's death, it's disease, stay away from it. But they were so hungry, they would dive in and start digging through all of it. And he said, all I could do was stand and weep. And yet, when you think about where we're at today, you and I, we're blessed, yes. We live in a, a country where we don't worry about our freedoms much. As I said earlier, we don't really thirst and hunger. God came so that he could have a relationship with us. And instead of our filling that, that longing of our heart and pursuing him, what do we do? We pursue the garbage. We, per, we pursue things that are, are full of disease and death that we think are going to satisfy the longing of our heart. And it does just the opposite. It leaves us, it leaves us diseased and it causes death and, and it, it, it does not satisfy. It does anything but satisfy. We're so full of the garbage that the world has for us that we're not even hungry for the bread of life that God offers us. Do you long to be in the presence of God? Or are you too, uh, too busy pursuing the junk that the world offers? Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this. He, he said, the call of Jesus teaches us that our relation to the world has been built on an illusion. We bought the lie. We're chasing everything else except this relationship with Jesus Christ. If you haven't caught it yet, we have a longing within our heart. And what do we long for? We long to be in relationship with our God. C.S. Lewis, in a book that he wrote called The Weight of Glory, he actually called it the inconsolable longing in the heart for we know not what. He says also that it's like a God-shaped hole in our life. That, that is void and we can't seem to figure out how to fulfill that longing. And so we grab everything else around us in the world and we try to cram that in there thinking that that's going to satisfy us and it just leaves us more empty. And it's not until we can figure out that that longing is for God and God alone that we take God and we place him in his rightful place in our life that we start to find the satisfaction and the joy and the peace that we've been looking for all along. It's this idea of this longing in our heart and knowing what that longing is for and pursuing that instead of the trash that the world has to offer us. Now, I, I believe that, you know, all these years that I, I didn't know exactly what that longing was. I had heard it. I was raised in the church. But I did the same thing. I chased after a lot of other stuff that only led to disease and death and heartbreak and all these other things and couldn't understand why I wasn't finding satisfaction. And it wasn't, it wasn't until I got serious about my relationship with Christ that I began to understand what I'm talking about this morning. Today, I understand that that, that longing is only found in Jesus Christ. It, it's, it's why the Christmas story is so special. Because God didn't have to send his son. And yet he did. 
to satisfy the longing of our heart. And in this Jesus, we find this Savior of the world, this Emmanuel, this God with us, which is what our heart longs for. And the mystery that is around that is incredible because we don't have all the answers, I think, which fits with Lewis's description. You know, it's for we know not what. But we know it's Jesus, and we begin to pursue him. And, and um, someday, I think in heaven, we're going to see it clearly. We're going to understand it fully. But now, we begin to experience it. We begin to pursue him. And we, we have our lives intersected with God and his spirit. And we begin to find out. We begin to, to be drawn into this walk with him, this life with him. And we begin to find that peace and that joy that we so desired. It's amazing to me, this mystery of Christmas, this, this baby that was born in a manger in Bethlehem so many years ago to become the world's savior, to, to be our only hope. And his love for you and me is deeper than we can even imagine. That's, that's the longing of our heart. And as we pursue that and we go deeper and deeper in that relationship, we find ourselves experiencing even more and more joy and more and more peace. It's that, it's that love that creates this longing for a deeper relationship with him. And the more we experience it, the deeper we want to go. Psalm 84 says it this way, a single day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I'd rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. And can I, can I just be frank with you this morning? Most of us are here. Most of us are. We're, we're chasing it in the world. We're in the homes of the wicked. We have not yet figured out that the, the true longing of our heart is to be in God's presence. Do you long to be in God's presence. There's a hymn that we sing during Christmas time called Come Thou Long Expectant Jesus. It was written by Charles Wesley back in um, 1745, years and years ago. And I think it spells out this longing that we're talking about this morning. It says this, Come thou long expectant Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest, where? In thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art. Dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Born thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a king, born to reign in us forever, now thy gracious kingdom bring. By thine own eternal spirit, rule in our hearts alone, by thine all-sufficient merit, Raise us to thy glorious throne. This is a prayer of expressing this deep longing that we have, I believe, that God placed in our hearts. It was what we were originally created for, is an eternal relationship with him, and sin entered the picture and broke that. And ever since that first sin in the garden, ever since the Garden of Eden, we have been longing to be made right with God. All of mankind, all of us who are image bearers, we desire to be with our God, to be close to him, to be at home with him. 
Home is that place where you can kick your feet up and you can relax and it comes natural and you find peace and joy. See, Christians, no matter what it is that you're going through in your life, when you have that relationship with God, you find that peace and you find that comfort even in the midst of difficult situations. That's home when you have a deep relationship with Jesus Christ. This, this flows out of this heart's longing for us. In this Christmas season, I want to challenge you. Even in the hustle and the bustle, right? That's the word, that, that phrase that gets used with Christmas all the time. I think it's kind of interesting. We, use that all, we only use that during Christmas. You ever notice that? We don't say hustle and bustle any other time of the year. Why? Because we know how hectic Christmas is. We know how crazy things get. And we do it to ourselves sometimes. Just recently, somebody was showing me their calendar for Christmas, and I was like, oh, Lord, right? And I think they called it like uh, Christmas Palooza or something. I wanted to call it Christmas Geddon is what I wanted to call it. Um, because here's, here's why. Because I think we think that we're going to chase satisfaction this season. That something we do this Christmas season is going to satisfy that longing for a meaningful season. Do you know how you find it? This is my challenge to you today. I want you to find moments of quiet, moments of silence, to sit in the presence of God, to grasp that anticipation, to think through the fact that you have a God that loved you so much that he sent his son that came to earth, born of a virgin, as an innocent baby. Think about what that took for him to step out of heaven to be God with us so that we could be with him. I want you this Christmas season to acknowledge that, that longing in your heart, to pursue um, experiences with your Savior, moments of peace and joy in his presence in a very tangible way. Because I believe this. I believe we have a God that is active, and if we spend time with him, he'll meet us right where we're at. Maybe instead of all the running around, maybe what you need to do is push pause and allow God to step in and satisfy the the longing of your heart. Jesus' birth made it possible to satisfy our longing to come home. This Christmas, I want you to come home. And as I said before, just home, being that place where you are in the presence of God and enjoying being there, longing to be in his presence because he wants to meet with you. And in that longing, I pray that you find a connection with Jesus that you haven't had before and you experience the peace and the joy that comes with that relationship. Let me pray for that for all of us. Would you join me? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you that you are a God that is not distant and far off, but you are a God that has drawn close, that you are God with us, Emmanuel, that you came to this earth. You were born of a virgin. You were born in a manger. You were born in Bethlehem. Why? Because you desired to fill the longing of our heart. Lord, I thank you for being a God who is close, who is great and almighty and yet still cares about our daily needs. Lord, I pray for this season that it wouldn't slip by and that it would be so hectic that by the time we get to the end of it that we're more frazzled and more frantic than before. But yet, Lord, we would find times this Christmas season to just be in your presence, to rest, to enjoy, 
um, a God who is with us. And through your, uh, your spirit, Lord, I pray that you would just minister to us, encourage us where we need encourage us, um, encouragement, convict us where we need conviction. But Lord, in all these things, we just ask that we would grow deeper in our relationship, that this Christmas we would come home, we would enjoy being in your presence, and that you would satisfy the longing of our heart. Pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said, amen.